Welcome back to another episode of Blake's Take, everyone. I'm Blake Neiman rocking at you again, and I know haven't been producing content as quickly lately. Been backed up with a lot of sports and school and stuff, but we're going to get back on top of it, get back on this grind, and we're going to keep producing the, the local and national sports continuously, and we're going to keep doing our best because that's all we can do during these times. So let's get right into it. Let's talk about one of the most historic moments in NBA history. Russell Westbrook made history as he recorded his 182nd career triple-double, passing the big O, Oscar Robinson, for the most in NBA history. In what seemed to be an impossible feat to achieve in the big O's dang near five-decade-long run as the triple-double king, Russell Westbrook defied the odds and has became one of the most well-developed players of the generation. Westbrook has solidified himself in a unique class of talent, rising to the very top of the statistical category, night in and night out, defying odds of how much a player can really do for a team. When Russell Westbrook is on the floor, there never seems to be a dull moment, as he's always doing something to benefit his team in all aspects of the game, grinding down low to getting rebounds, finding his teammates all over the place while also seizing the opportunity to score when the time is right. He is a unique talent like nothing I have ever seen in my lifetime. I'm glad I get to soak up the greatness of Westbrook because it helps emphasize to an extent what watching Robertson in his era would have been like. In the end, he finished the 125-124 close loss to the Hawks with a team-high 28 points, 21 assists, and 13 rebounds. He already has 36 triple-doubles this season, including 26 in his past 31 games. Westbrook is on pace to average a triple-double for the fourth time in five seasons. I remember that first time he did it in OKC, and we were all amazed at the craziness of such a stat in today's game. Now, basically, we expect a triple-double average out of Westbrook every night, as he has now labeled himself for the time being as one of the triple-double king, and I don't think anyone's passing him soon. In my opinion, he is the second most well-rounded player of this generation, besides the one and only LeBron James. Let's this it's incredible, huge historic accomplishment for Westbrook. He deserves all the credit as he stated afterwards that he normally is humble as we have seen, but he really has to soak this up because what a historic accomplishment that he has grinded and worked for to try and help his teams win. I mean, Big O didn't get a championship either. None to say that Westbrook can't still can't, but champions don't championships don't mean everything in this league. And this is just an incredible feat that Westbrook has reached, and I believe he's definitely going to pass over 200 triple doubles in his career, maybe even 250. There's no stopping Westbrook. He is a showtime, incredible talent that will definitely be a first ballot Hall of Famer. So let's talk about the Yankees this past weekend, having some down-to-the-wire games in which the home crowd environment helped push them to victory. It was a complete and utter pitcher domination early as the multi-Cy Young Award winners Corey Kluber and Max Scherzer were up and locked in the zone, especially Scherzer, who had 10 strikeouts through just the first four innings, sitting down nearly everyone in sight. 
However, Kyle Higashioka got a rare piece of Schrazer, Scherzer's slider and took it deep left field and absolutely gone. While Kluber walked Juan Soto with bases loaded, which is honestly a wise choice when considering the power of Soto and his abilities. We saw that in the World Series a couple years back. So this game is now tied up one apiece with each pitcher, pitcher locked in. Yet in the sixth, Starling Castro got a knock up the middle with a runner on second to give give Nate the lead, give the Nationals the lead and end Kluber's day five and two thirds inning and two earned and six out strikeout day. Despite Kluber calling it a day early, Scherzer his day early, Scherzer kept going and striking out four more to cap off a 14 strikeout, two hit, one earned run in seven and, th- and a third inning performance. This is the most strikeouts by an opposing pitcher at the new Yankee Stadium. Incredible, per- uh, uh, incredible showing and performance by Scherzer. Brad Hand, who has not given up a single earned run all season. Came in to back up Scherzer and try and get the win for him. Runners on first and third for Glaber Torres, who hit a blooper to right to score DJ LeMahieu to tie the game up 2-2, two two, sending it into extras. Each team would get a run in the 10th, but the bats would not record a run in the top of the... The Nats would not record a, top, a run in the top of the 11th, so they leave it up to the Bronx Bombers to determine their fate. Now, bottom bottom of 11, bases juiced for Glaber Torres, who dinks a ball in a tough spot for a strange way to walk it off, but it works, and it waited for it in the first walk-off all season for the Yankees. Outstanding performance by Scherzer, but his bullpen just couldn't back him up in what was a very blooper and crazy way to walk it off, but the Yankees end up with the win in a hard, close-fought game. Now here we head to Sunday where nobody could really going could really get going offensively until the third inning where Aaron Hicks got the Yankees first hit of the game with a runner in scoring position giving the Bronx Bombers the one run lead. Both sides would get shut down by each other's pitchers through the next three innings as Joe Ross and Domingo German uh, continued to hit their spots and let their defense work for them. However, Yankee fans got a real thrill of excitement in the sixth as Glaber Torres hit his first homer of the season to deep left field, giving the Yankees the 2-0 lead and ending Ross's day after five innings of work. But in a swing and a drive, the Nationals would tie this game up just like that in the seventh with a deep two-run shot by Kyle Schwarber off of German to end his day as well. So both starting pitchers both go out in rough fashion, so now it's up to the relievers. Aroldis Chapman came in and did his thing in the top of the ninth, blowing batters by, leaving it up to the Bronx Bombers to get the job done once again. Brad Hand would walk two batters, allowing runners on first and third, bringing Giancarlo Stanton to the plate. Stanton would rip run through the left side into the outfield for the Yankees' second straight walk-off victory against the Nationals. What a fun series as the Yankees are starting to look more like the Yankees we know and love. As far as NFL, remember that guy, Tim Tebow? Kind of good. He sat on his knee and prayed after touchdowns. Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, NFL Magic Man. While he's back after playing five years in the minor leagues for the New York Mets, he's coming back to his first love in football. 
the Jacksonville Jaguars are supposedly planning to sign Tebow as a tight end, which could reunite him with his college coach that he won two natties with in Urban Meyer. Tebow went 9-7 as the Broncos' starting quarterback before spending one season with the New York Jets. He then had two uneventful stops with the Jets and the Patriots before spending nearly five seasons in that Nets minor league system. Tebow completed just 47.3% of his passes in just two seasons with the Broncos. In 11 regular season starts during that 2011 season, Tebow threw twice as many touchdowns as 12 than interceptions in six, despite completing just 46.5% of his throws. But after helping the Broncos capture that AFC West Division title, Tebow threw the game-winning touchdown pass and Denver's upset victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers in the wildcard round. We all remember that game. Tebow magic right there. Tebow's next game was then blowout loss to Tom Brady and the GOAT against the Patriots in the divisional round. And that would be the final start of his career under center in the NFL. And the hope for a league of new beginnings, Tim Tebow should get another shot. And despite the fact that many of us believe he should have made this position change a very long time ago, he's doing it now, trying to get another chance to live out his full career potential. And that makes me very inspired and happy for Tim Tebow. I say I say, give him a contract, let him show what he's got. I mean, there's nothing to lose there except a little bit of calf space. But I think this guy deserves another chance, as so many other players do. As far as local sports, the Warriors look to keep their offensive firepower from the Woodburn series into this week to try and get ahead on the Cubs in hopes of keeping a league title and playoff berth still alive. The Warriors offense got out to it early with two great hits with a shot by Alec Russell to the left center gap for an RBI double and an RBI single by Chase Beardsley, giving the Warriors the 2-0 lead straight out the gates. But the Cubs came right back and put the pressure on the Warriors with bases loaded, forcing a pass ball and getting a sack fly, tying it up or just like that. The Warriors offense then got shut down until the fourth, where the Warriors took back the lead with a two RBI single by David Griffith to the opposite field. Unfortunately, the Cubs really got on Brolin in the fifth. As they got bases loaded with one out, Marcus Everett then hit a two RBI single to tie the game for a piece. They would then score two more off of a Tyler Quaylen two-run triple to give the Cubs the two-run lead. Each side traded a pair of home runs in the bottom of the sixth as Logan Carter hit a solo home run to cut the deficit to just a run. But then Newport's John Fritz smacked one himself to stretch the lead once again. The Warriors got a late-game punch in the seventh as Jacob Williams kicked off the inning by reaching on an air. I then hit into a fielder's choice and worked my way to third after a poor throw a pickoff attempt. Logan Carter then got on with a two-out walk, which is key. This left the Warriors wanting to get two runners in scoring position for the leadoff hitter, Cameron Ordway, in the hopes of getting a hit to tie this game up. Carter attempted a steal, but the Cubs made a throw right on the money to end the game as the Warriors fall 7-6 to on the year and fall out of playoff contention with that loss. They are fought, fought hard. It was a close game, but sometimes baseball just happens, and that's what happened there. We got we had to take a risk, and the risk just didn't work out. They converted on the play. So they're going to hope to try and bring it on Wednesday against the Cubs and try and get the win.
But hard-fought game, obviously disappointing not to make the playoffs. But they're fighting for pride now, trying to get redemption next on Wednesday and try and finish out the season strong in hopes of being better next year. And uh, just unfortunate for the Warriors. But thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blake's Take. Hope you all enjoyed all of the news, especially the historic history in Russell Westbrook. So proud of him. Props to him on an incredible career thus far. And how about them Yankees? Two walk-offs, they're bouncing back. And Tim Tebow, I think he deserves another shot. I hope to see him in a Jaguar uniform, catching passes from the one and only Trevor Lawrence this year. Heck, maybe we'll even see a double pass trickery there. Hope you all enjoyed. You can catch all of it and more on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and or YouTube. Smash that subscribe button, like button, keep it all updated. And I'll see you all in the next one.